0: Chapters 23 through 24 of Book 1 of Les Miserables, Volume 5, by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Musical Heart 1. Les Miserables, Volume 5, by Victor Hugo. Translated by Isabel Florence Hapgood Book One, The War Between Four Walls Chapter Twenty-Three Foresties Fasting and Pylades Drunk At length, by dint of mounting on each other's backs, aiding themselves with the skeleton of the staircase, climbing up the walls, clinging to the ceiling, slashing away at the very brink of the trap-door, the last one who offered resistance a score of assailants soldiers national guardsmen municipal guardsmen in utter confusion the majority disfigured by wounds in the face during that redoubtable ascent blinded by blood furious rendered savage made an eruption into the apartment on the first floor there they found only one man still on his feet enjoras Without cartridges, without sword, he had nothing in his hand now but the barrel of his gun, whose stock he had broken over the head of those who were entering. He had placed the billiard-table between his assailants and himself. He had retreated into the corner of the room, and there, with haughty eye and head borne high, with the stump of a weapon in his hand, he was still so alarming as to speedily create an empty space around him. A cry arose. He is the leader. It was he who slew the artilleryman. It is well that he has placed himself there. Let him remain there. Let us shoot him down on the spot. Shoot me, said Enjolras, And flinging away his bit of gun-barrel and folding his arms, he offered his breast. The audacity of a fine death always affects men. As soon as Enjolras folded his arms and accepted his end, the din of strife ceased in the room, and this chaos suddenly stilled into a sort of sepulchral solemnity. The menacing majesty of Enjolras, disarmed and motionless, appeared to oppress this tumult,
1: and a young man,
0: haughty, bloody, and charming, who alone had not a wound, who was as indifferent as an invulnerable being, seemed, by the authority of his tranquil glance, to constrain this sinister rabble to kill him respectfully. His beauty at that moment, augmented by his pride, was resplendent, and he was fresh and rosy after the fearful four-and-twenty hours which had just elapsed, as though he could no more be fatigued than wounded. It was of him, possibly, that a witness spoke afterwards before the Council of War there was an insurgent whom i heard called apollo a national guardsman who had taken aim at enjolras lowered his gun saying seems to me that i am about to shoot a flower twelve men formed into a squad in the corner opposite enjolras and silently made ready their guns then a sergeant shouted take aim an officer intervened wait and addressing enjolras You wish to have your eyes bandaged? No. Was it you who killed the artillery sergeant? Yes. Grantaire had waked up a few moments before. Grantaire, it will be remembered, had been asleep ever since the preceding evening in the upper room of the wine shop, seated on a chair and leaning on the table he realized in its fullest sense the old metaphor of dead drunk the hideous potion of absinthe porter and alcohol had thrown him into a lethargy his table being small and not suitable for the barricade he had been left in possession of it he was still in the same posture with his breast bent over the table his head lying flat on his arms surrounded by glasses beer jugs and bottles his was the overwhelming slumber of the torpid bear and the satiated leech nothing had had any effect upon it neither the fusillade nor the cannonballs nor the grape shot which had made its way through the window into the room where he was nor the tremendous uproar of the assault he merely replied to the cannonade now and then by a snore he seemed to be waiting there for a bullet which should spare him the trouble of waking Many corpses were strewn around him, and, at the first glance, there was nothing to distinguish him from those profound sleepers of death.
1: Noise does not
0: rouse a drunken man. Silence awakens him. The fall of everything around him only augmented Grantaire's prostration. The crumbling of all things was his lullaby. The sort of halt which the tumult underwent in the presence of Enjolras was a shock to this heavy slumber had the effect of a carriage going at full speed, which suddenly comes to a dead stop. The persons dozing within it wake up. Grantaire rose to his feet with a start, stretched out his arms, rubbed his eyes, stared, yawned, and understood. A fit of drunkenness reaching its end resembles a curtain which is torn away. One beholds at a single glance, and as a whole, all that it has concealed all suddenly presents itself to the memory, and the drunkard who has known nothing of what has been taking place during the last twenty-four hours has no sooner opened his eyes than he is perfectly informed. Ideas recur to him with abrupt lucidity. The obliteration of intoxication, a sort of steam which has obscured the brain, is dissipated, and makes way for the clear and sharply outlined importunity of realities. Relegated as he was to one corner, and sheltered behind the billiard-table, the soldiers, whose eyes were fixed on Enjolras had not even noticed Grantaire, and the sergeant was preparing to repeat his order, Take aim, when all at once they heard a strong voice shout beside them, Long live the Republic! I'm one of them. Grantaire had risen. The immense gleam of the whole combat which he had missed, and in which he had had no part, appeared in the brilliant glance of this transfigured drunken man. He repeated, Long live the Republic, crossed the room with a firm stride, and placed himself in front of the guns beside Enjolras. Finish both of us at one blow, said he, and turning gently to Enjolras, he said to him, Do you permit it? Enjolras pressed his hand with a smile, The smile was not ended when the report resounded. Agent Ross, pierced by eight bullets, remained leaning against the wall as though the balls had nailed him there. Only his head was bowed. Grantaire fell at his feet, as though struck by a thunderbolt. A few moments later, the soldiers dislodged the last remaining insurgents who had taken refuge at the top of the house. They fired into the attic through a wooden lattice. They fought under the very roof. They flung bodies, some of them still alive, out through the windows. Two light infantrymen, who tried to lift the shattered omnibus, were slain by two shots fired from the attic. A man in a blouse was flung down from it, with a bayonet wound in the abdomen, and breathed his last on the ground. A soldier and an insurgent slipped together on the sloping slates of the roof, and, as they would not release each other, they fell. Clasped in a ferocious embrace. A similar conflict went on in the cellar shouts, shots, a fierce trampling, then silence. The barricade was captured. The soldiers began to search the house round about and to pursue the fugitives. Chapter twenty four prisoner marius was in fact a prisoner the hand which had seized him from behind and whose grasp he had felt at the moment of his fall and his loss of consciousness was that of jean valjean. jean valjean had taken no other part in the combat than to expose himself in it had it not been for him no one in that supreme phase of agony would have thought of the wounded thanks to him Everywhere present in the carnage, like a providence, those who fell were picked up, transported to the tap-room, and cared for. In the intervals he reappeared on the barricade. But nothing which could resemble a blow, an attack, or even personal defense proceeded from his hands. He held his peace and lent succor. Moreover, he had received only a few scratches. The bullets would have none of him if suicide formed part of what he had meditated on coming to the sepulchre to that spot he had not succeeded but we doubt whether he had thought of suicide an irreligious act jean valjean in the thick cloud of the combat did not appear to see marius the truth is that he never took his eyes from the latter when a shot laid marius low jean valjean leapt forward with the agility of a tiger fell upon him as on his prey, and bore him off. The whirlwind of the attack was, at that moment, so violently concentrated upon Enjolras and upon the door of the wine-shop that no one saw Jean Valjean, sustaining the fainting Marius in his arms, traverse the unpaved field of the barricade and disappear behind the angle of the Corinth building. The reader will recall this angle, which formed a sort of cape on the street. It afforded shelter from the bullets the grape-shot and all eyes and a few square feet of space there is sometimes a chamber which does not burn in the midst of a conflagration and in the midst of raging seas beyond a promontory or at the extremity of a blind alley of shoals a tranquil nook it was in this sort of fold in the interior trapezium of the barricade that eponine had breathed her last there jean Valjean halted let marius slide to the ground "'placed his back against the wall "'and cast his eyes about him. "'The situation was alarming. "'For an instant, for two or three, perhaps, "'this bit of wall was a shelter. "'But how was he to escape from this massacre? "'He recalled the anguish which he had suffered "'in the Rue pont eight years before, "'and in what manner he had contrived to make his escape. "'It was difficult then. Today it was impossible.' He had before him that deaf and implacable house, six stories in height, which appeared to be inhabited only by a dead man leaning out of his window. He had, on his right, the rather low barricade, which shut off the Rue de la Petite Trouanderie. To pass this obstacle seemed easy, but beyond the crest of the barrier a line of bayonets was visible. The troops of the line were posted on the watch behind the barricade. It was evident that to pass the barricade was to go in quest of the fire of the platoon, and that any head which should run the risk of lifting itself above the top of that wall of stones would serve as a target for sixty shots. On his left he had the field of battle. Death lurked round the corner of that wall. What was to be done? Only a bird could have extricated itself from this predicament and it was necessary to decide on the instant to devise some expedient to come to some decision fighting was going on a few paces away fortunately all were raging around a single point the door of the wine-shop but if it should occur to one soldier to one single soldier to turn the corner of the house or to attack him on the flank all was over jean valjean gazed at the house facing him he gazed at the barricade at one side of him then he looked at the ground with the violence of the last extremity bewildered and as though he would have liked to pierce a hole there with his eyes by dint of staring something vaguely striking in such an agony began to assume form and outline at his feet as though it had been a power of glance which made the thing desired unfold a few paces distant, he perceived, at the base of the small barrier so pitilessly guarded and washed on the exterior, beneath a disordered mass of paving-stones which partly concealed it, an iron grating, placed flat and on a level with the soil. This grating, made of stout, transverse bars, was about two feet square. The frame of paving-stones which supported it had been torn up, and it was, as it were, unfastened through the bars a view could be had of a dark aperture something like the flue of a chimney or the pipe of a cistern jean valjean darted forward his old art of escape rose to his brain like an illumination to thrust aside the stones to raise the grating to lift marius who was as inert as a dead body upon his shoulders to descend with this burden on his loins and with the aid of his elbows and knees into that sort of well fortunately not very deep to let the heavy trap upon which the loosened stones rolled down afresh fall into its place behind him to gain his footing on a flagged surface three meters below the surface all this was executed like that which one does in dreams with the strength of a giant and the rapidity of an eagle this took only a few minutes Jean Valjean found himself with Marius, who was still unconscious, in a sort of long, subterranean corridor. There reigned profound peace, absolute silence, night. The impression which he had formerly experienced when falling from the wall into the convent recurred to him. Only what he was carrying today was not Cosette, it was Marius. He could barely hear the formidable tumult in the wine shop. Taken by assault, like a vague murmur overhead. End of Book One, Chapters Twenty Three Through Twenty Four. Recording by Musical Heart One.